Hey everybody, welcome to BeautyCast Network's Mastering Beauty, a podcast for beauty barbering and wellness professionals looking for successful, sustainable, and satisfying careers. Every Sunday, we feature brilliant professionals from across the industry offering their best advice on a variety of topics. I'm Gordon Miller, CEO of BeautyCast Network and your podcast host. And today, our guest is Alexis Thurston, a real innovator in pro beauty, co-founder of the groundbreaking newly formed hair color and lifestyle company, Danger Jones Creative, the co-founder and former co-owner, along with husband and partner David Thurston of the now iconic Pulp Riot Hair Color, and co-owner of Butterfly Loft Salon and Spa, one of the most recognized salons in the entire world. She is a passionate colorist, a leader, a 30-year veteran of the pro salon industry. How is that possible? I am thrilled to welcome to the Mastering Beauty Podcast, my friend, Alexis Thurston. Thank you so much, Gordon. I am so thrilled that we finally made this happen. Finally, we've been trying for a long time. I've done a lot of different podcasts over the years and we keep trying and we finally have done it. So again, welcome. Thank you. You have been really busy um, actually during COVID. Um, and I, we don't, I don't know, I try not to say that word so much anymore because it feels like the distant past, but yet there's much of it still with us. The world has really changed. And one of the great changes I feel like that came out of that era, not because of it, not connected to it, um, is the creation of something called Danger Jones Creative. Congratulations to you and David. Thank you. Yes. Can you believe it's, we actually launched officially just almost nine months ago. Wow. And you were busy during all that time getting yourselves ready. You are iconically David Thurston, Alexis Thurston, the founders of and, and leaders of Pulp Riot. You put a giant stamp on the industry. You changed the industry and the hair color business in so many ways. And, you know, then you sold that brand and took some time and traveled the world. And, and I'm sure we're thinking every bit of the, that time, what's next? And now Danger Jones, my first introduction was on the show circuit and you blew my mind with your two story booth. Yes, actually, it's it was kind of a a whirlwind, if you will. Um, you know, we did we 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 created Pulp Riot, and then we took some time off and was quasi retired, quote unquote. Um, you know, we didn't fully retire only because we still have our salon, Butterfly Loft, and very engaged there. Um, but during that time, it allowed us to figure out what we really enjoy, what really makes us uh, excited to get up every day. And, and, and it really came down to, we really missed the beauty community. And um, we felt like some of the things that we had kind of started before um, became opportunities for helping to revive. And, um, and we just felt like coming back with Danger Jones is a perfect way to um, kind of not only engage in the beauty community, but in other aspects as well with uh, doing fashion and some other creative outlets. And so that's why we call it a creative asylum. And with our trade show booth, we definitely made a giant um, stamp in the ground. I mm -hmm. guess, Big time. By um, having a two-story booth. And we we're the very first brand to have a two-story booth in the professional world at, at trade shows here in the U.S., uh, we had seen it in Europe um, and were inspired by that. And we're like, why don't we do that here? And we talked to our uh, designers, Catherine Frank, and they're fantastic in helping to bring our vision to life. And And I suspect that more brands will actually be doing two-story booths at trade shows. I kind of hope so. Um, 
for one reason in particular, you know, you mentioned the word community and, and, and I've been saying probably over the last few years that I feel it's a word that's very much overused. It's kind of become a cliche because so many people grabbed onto it and whether they had a community or not, they started talking about their audience as a community. So, you know, words sometimes lose their power when they start getting misused. And I feel like that's a word that has been misused. Also, uh, I think there's a lot of confusion around it. Having said that, in the early days of social media, which I had a tremendous amount of passion around and still do, you all helped kind of lead the movement in community and kind of help kind of bring it to life in this new era of, of social and digital, you know, by way of uh, Butterfly Circus, which is was a really one of the first educational initiatives that I feel leveraged community. Then, of course, Pulp Riot created really a brand community, and it was really, really was a community. And again, though, I felt kind of wonky coming through, you know, pandemic, like where's community, where's community? And then you come back and that booth to me kind of represents the ideal of community because every time I went by it at a trade show, I'm like, ooh, it feels like people are engaging, interacting, there's networking in the booth. I love going up on the second floor and people, people were having real conversations. And it was unlike actually what we think of as a big brand booth on a floor, which there's a lot of action, but it didn't feel communal the way that yours did. So kudos. Thank you so much for saying that, Gordon. I appreciate the compliment. And um, I think you actually just articulated the whole purpose of our booth. It's probably counterintuitive to what most people, most brands do with their booths at trade show. It's all about like selling product. We actually, selling product was not even a motivation to us at all whatsoever. It was purely designed and made for a place for people to gather, people to connect, people to, um, you know, uh, inspire one another to engage and you know and it and it was a way for us to be able to create opportunities for dozens of stylists um to earn more money you know we we came in with a giant group of people of stylists not only for our big stage event but also at the booth just being able to um, educate and connect with people. And that was, it's very different. It's a very different mindset, I think. And, you know, it's definitely one of those things where you go, where's the ROI? Mm -hmm. (laughs) When you look at it on paper, it may not sound the best to spend, you know, so much money on a trade show booth. And also in the expense of, you know, paying all of the artists uh, for their time and, and their value. And, um, you know, but for us, the ROI, the return on investment is really just the connection and the uh, community uh, that that is built because of that. And so I think that is the main motivation for us to be at these events. And that's the main motivation for us to do other events that we are planning. And it is clearly working. So again, congrats on all of that. So, and at the heart of it all, again, hair color company, you know, at its core, a lot of stuff around the edges, lifestyle, and and so much more. Some of the coolest t-shirts I've seen at a show for, by the way. Um, Thank you. But um, color, and you are the colorist in the family. (laughs) So, and so um, I I, want to talk about, you know, being a colorist as a career with you today, because it's, it is the biggest driver in the professional industry of, of revenue for salons and for professionals and such a big opportunity. Um, and, and so, but I want to start with the first question we ask every guest, which is kind of best advice over the course of your career um, that you've received that has been helpful to you that you think would be something our audience might benefit from. Oh, yes. The best advice I've ever received, and it sticks with me all the time, is embrace failure. You know, um, it's it's actually a, the, one of the best ways to learn. And, you know, nobody listens to a story of like, 
everything that I did was a success and it was a hit. You know, that's not as interesting as like I did something and I failed at it and I overcame it. And this is how I dealt with that. Um, And also just the idea that failing sucks. (laughs) You know, I mean, it is good to fail, but it's humbling and it doesn't uh, it does teach you things, but it also hurts your hurts you. It hurts your ego. It, it, but it's all about the idea of overcoming that and how do you um, embrace that to work through it. Um, and so, embracing failure is probably the best advice uh, that that I have. That's really stuck with me. No, it's, it's great advice, and we hear a lot today about people use the line, you know, get comfortable about being uncomfortable. And and to your point, failure makes most of us uncomfortable. I I think it's supposed to make us uncomfortable if we're going to learn anything from it. Well, that's the truth. I mean, and really it comes down to, you know, you can't expect different results if you're doing the exact same thing. And so it it has that, it's that whole idea of like, yes, you will be uncomfortable. Um, It's the idea of like a butterfly. It it first starts out as a caterpillar and then it's uncomfortable and it changes and it metamorphosizes into this butterfly. And so, yes, there's beauty that comes from that whole transformation. And if you're okay with it, you know, that's a problem. I think a lot of times people think of, you know, why am I stuck in this relationship that sucks for so long? Why am I stuck in this salon environment that's toxic? Why am I, you know, all of these kinds of things. And I think a lot of it has to do with fear. And the the hurdle is getting over the idea of being uncomfortable for a short amount of time with the change and making the, taking that risk to change your environment um, versus a lifetime of just settling in that uh, discomfort. And so, um, you know, the idea of failure is just not being afraid of taking that risk because you never know what might be on the other side. And then the last comment on this, and we could talk for the whole podcast about just this topic. It's such a good one. But today, I think more than ever, we talk about mindset. And again, what you're talking about is very much a mindset. If you can make this part of who you are, that you do embrace failure, that you do learn from your mistakes, you know, that that you, you can find a way to be comfortable in being uncomfortable. That's a really powerful mindset. It is. And I think also just the idea of um, being okay with just admitting like, yeah, I screwed up and and owning that and taking ownership of it. And just, you know, it's, it's the intention of like, how do you feel about that? And how are you going to make a difference? Love it. Love every bit of it. So let's let's talk about hair color from a career perspective. And I, I want to start with, it might be a fairly simple question, I'm not sure. But how do you know if, no matter where you're at, you know, how do you know if color's for you? If, if from a career perspective, if you're going to lean in heavy to one of one part of the craft, and we know that most people are generalists today, but how do you know that hair color is for you? That's a good question. Um, but I also like to kind of think of like from a, a salon owner perspective, I always think of what makes a, the best stylist, what makes the most well-rounded stylist, or for lack of a better description, what makes a successful stylist. Mm-hmm. If we just talk about that in a career bucket, for me, what I've seen over the years is uh, stylists who can do everything that it's like you're not going to turn away uh, a possible client because you're afraid of how to cut that short hair or you're maybe afraid of styling textured hair or maybe you're afraid of coloring uh, hair 
um, all those kinds of things. So it's it's really just being open to learning all the different areas and trying to get as much information and maybe connect yourself with a mentor that's helping you to learn those things. Um, because understanding all of that is such a great fundamental um, starting point for any stylist. And then after a while, once you kind of say, you know what, I've paid my dues, I know how to do everything, but I really just love this aspect, then go for it. And only focus on haircutting if that's all you want to do. Only focus on coloring if that's what you want to do. But I really think with coloring, especially, there's so many different avenues to it. And there's so much creativity involved in it um, that it would be really kind of a sad you know, as a salon owner with, you know, talking to one of my stylists, if if all they wanted to do was cutting, but then they came to me and said, oh, my business is struggling. You know, I'm not really sure. It's like, this is a great avenue for you to look into to help earn more money and, and build a bigger clientele and to reach more people. Most of the successful people I know in this industry, but also in, in other industries where there's a lot of different paths that you can take, they almost all tell the same story of they began as a generalist. They began by learning everything because often they recognized or, or, or maybe they were pushed in this direction. They recognized that to make a choice about specialization, you kind of got to get a taste for the flavor of everything first. Yes, that's exactly right. You do have to get a kind of a taste for it because how do you know if you if, if you will or will not enjoy something if you haven't even tried it? So it's just trying it, dipping your toes in, getting some education on it, pairing with somebody, collaborating with somebody, maybe who knows more than you. It's all these different things. So it takes the pressure off of you when you collaborate with people, actually. And that's one of the things I think is a really great way to connect. And so, you know, for us in our salon, we have um, assistants who are, you know, wanting to earn a chair at our salon as a full-time stylist. And they work with different people and, and uh, you know, and they learn from their mentor that they're working with. But anytime they come to me and they say, you know, I, I want you to know my goal is to be a full-time stylist here at Butterfly Loft. I love it here, the culture. And I just, this is where I want to be. And I say, that's fantastic. Why don't you tell me where your opportunities are on what you need to work on? Where do you, what are your strengths and where are the opportunities to work on? And they say, okay, well, I need more with this. And I said, great. Well, the person you work with is fantastic at this. Connect with them and and just, you know, make a class or, you know, they say, oh, I love who I work with, but maybe their focus is more on this area. And I say, but the great thing is we have so many other styles in our salon that are great at other things. Connect with, you know, so-and-so and they'll help you with a class or, you know, collaborate. You know, there's just there's so many different ways to do that. And so it's something that I encourage everybody uh, when they're looking for a station or a salon to connect and find those opportunities that they can build into strengths. And I love that in, in, in particular, you know, let me say, because as you mentioned, you, you know, you all own the salon, it's an iconic salon, you know, um, Butterfly Lofts. And um, it's, it's, a, it's a salon for independence, it's a rental salon. And, you know, we, the industry has moved, you know, in the last, let's say five years, you know, to more and more independence. And for so many who are deciding early in our careers to go into independence, they often are finding their way to places that are independent, but don't offer what you're talking about, or they don't realize maybe that you can be independent or go into an environment that will lead you to independence, but still find mentorship, still find education, still find those things that young professionals really need in their lives. 
And so talk about that for a moment, because you all have a really unique culture and environment in a salon that is predominantly independent. Yes, we we actually are a fully independent salon. And, you know, we also once upon a time owned salon suites as well. And so we 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 understand both worlds completely. And uh, I think one of the things that makes it work for us is from the very beginning, we um, really valued the culture, the culture of the environment that we have and the stylist there. And from the beginning, we started with education. Um, the very first month we were open, we had education classes and we've continued that um, through the years. And so education is very key. So that's one of the reasons uh, I think that we have that culture um, that offers something of value to the stylist because you know you have to look at yourself as a salon owner and the way that the landscape has changed today, especially with social media, independence, salon suites. Uh, there's so many things that people can do on their own now, including booking appointments and all this kind of stuff. So then it's like you look at yourself and like, well, why the fuck do they need me as a salon? Owner? <laughs> yep. yep <laughs> like, yep, yep. What? Where's the value? So for us, you know, we started with education, and that's always been, um, you know, uh, part of our DNA. So that's one aspect that we haven't changed or given up on, but we have, um, you know. Uh, organically grown it and 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 change it to different things. Um, the other thing that we do is whenever there's a stylist who is interested in working at our salon, we do like an audition. And the audition isn't so much to see what their skill set is. It's more to see are they a culture fit? Um, do do they do we see that their energy and the way that they're working in here is a totally on par and vibes with the salon that we already have. Um, it's a way for them to see, like, can I visualize myself working here? Is this helpful? Is Do I see, um, you know, that I have something to offer and that this is also a place where I can grow as well? And so it's a really great way, you know, we tell them to come in and bring somebody that they are really comfortable with, like a family member or a friend or a client that they've had for years, spend at least two hours in the salon doing their hair. Um, obviously, it's for free. It's just for them to, you know, have that time in the salon. It really helps us understand, like, is this is this a, where you want to work or is this um, maybe at the end of the day, the worst case scenario is great. We have another friend in the beauty industry. Maybe this timing isn't great, but at least this way you get to test the waters without having that full commitment yet. And it's really worked out um, really well for us. Well, and it, again, it feels in many ways kind of groundbreaking for me because one of the new challenges, I think, in the independent space across decades has been the perception, I, I would say part of the 80% applies here, um, that there's a lack of culture. Because and I hate the word independent. I wish we could get rid of it, actually, because I feel <laughs> like in the best circumstances, those who are quote unquote independent from a IRS perspective or a business perspective, that doesn't mean you're not in an environment that's very welcoming and embracing and has a team culture in spite of quote unquote independence. Where independence almost screams to everybody, it's like, we're on our own. It's just me. Leave me alone. Don't tell me what to do. <laughs> Don't even mentor me. You know, right. <laughs> so so where again, you guys have a culture that I think that's that has found just this perfect balance between allowing people to have their business model of independence, yet brings them together for all the right reasons and all the right moments to, you know, move their careers forward. That's exactly right. The way that we look at it, we don't I mean, the truth is, is we don't have salon meetings. We really haven't. I think I can count on one hand over the 13 years that we've been open, uh, how many salon meetings we've had. 
At one of those salon meetings, we were absolutely transparent and said to them, hey, we're not sure if we're going to re-sign a lease here. We w- we want to re-sign a lease, but at the same time, we don't want people to all of a sudden like leave and then have us be on the hook. And, you know, and, and everybody, you know, it was a silent ballot, but every single person said, I'm all in, I'm all in, I want to be here. And so we did, we signed another lease and we actually just, you know, signed another lease for another six years. So we're on the hook. So Butterfly Loft is going to be around for at least, you know, about 20 years here, which is pretty incredible. So we just don't, we don't do um, salon meetings. You know, it's not a, a time for us to come down on everybody. We just treat people like adults. You can run your business however you want inside our walls and the 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 moment that your business starts affecting our business, that's when we're going to step in and just kind of have a conversation over what's going on and what what you know what can we do to help and or what can we do to you know help uh, remedy whatever is happening. So um, I think just really treating people like adults mm-hmm. uh, yep. has has just always been a really great plan for us. Also, we have systems in place. You know, we have fantastic salon. A manager named Carissa, who's been with us for over 10 years um, and is really there to help um, make sure that all the systems that we put in place are run. So it's like every Tuesday, this happens. Every Wednesday, this happens. Every Friday, color orders go through like just like clockwork. And it really helps, um, you know, and to have somebody who's there more often than David and I are there, but uh, to really have that interaction and help. Uh, help that salon culture as well. Systems make everything in life better and easier, especially in business. I mean, it's a cornerstone of success across most of the industry. When you kind of dig into what people are doing, there's almost always systems behind it. In our personal lives, you know, to me, putting that little note up on the fridge where you write down what you need to get at the grocery store is a, is a form of a system. You know, so It is. I put those in my purse all the time where I put yes. it on laptop. <laughs> yes, it is. And it just makes life easier. So everybody apply that to your career, apply that to your business, find ways to have systems for you individually as a professional. And then hopefully where you're, where you're working, you know, uh, the group of people you're with, there, there are systems that support you. It's, it's, I want to say too, you know, I, I read something recently about that meetings are the death of culture in a business. <laughs> <laughs> I would absolutely agree with that. You know, I've been in a culture where you have to have a meeting about the meeting to plan the meeting. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, then when do you have time to actually do the work? Right. So, yes, I totally agree with that. And that's something that we do with Danger Jones. We, you know, we have specific meetings, but also it's like, if you don't have anything that needs to happen during that meeting, let's cancel it. Uh, rather than, you know, just having it for the sake of having it. <laughs> yep. No, it's, it's also good, good advice. Sadly, you know, too many people in this industry don't have long careers. And I think those careers often come to an end because people lose their mojo. They lose their motivation. They lose, they lose sight of what their original vision was. And I think, you know, there's things that we all need to do to, to keep those things top of mind, number one, and just stay excited every day about the work that we're doing. So wh- what are your thoughts about that? How does someone, you know, kind of, keep their eyes on the prize and keep that self-motivation, that kind of fire in your belly to keep doing what you're doing. Well, I would say the number one is to stay curious. And when, you know, when you're kind of just doing in the grind and doing the day to day, you're not allowing yourself to be curious about other things. And, you know, you hear sometimes I've, I've heard this anyway, that, 
you need to set aside time for play. Just like little kids, we would play, um, you know, on the playground, we play with our dolls or whatever it was like play, play sports. It's like, you need to have that time of curiosity and play, whatever that may be for you. Um, because it really helps to open your mind to new ideas, uh, and also to keep that inspiration going and, and, and things that you can do to bring that into behind the chair work. So for example, you know, at our salon, Butterfly Loft, we're in a unique position because that's also where Danger Jones, all of our products are tested and created. So what's happening on a daily basis is we're having opportunities for people to be more engaged in what they're doing behind the chair because, oh, I have this cool product to test as well. And so it makes it more exciting for them. Uh, on top of that, it's like we're bringing in stylists to um, do uh, different opportunities of uh, video shoots or campaign and things like that. And so with our stylists at the salon have a unique opportunity because of where they're at. So they have a lot of access to this kind of stuff, plus the education that we're doing and the events that we do. Um, but for a stylist who doesn't maybe have that same opportunity, it's really kind of connecting yourself with people who may have that to offer or maybe connecting with a friend or you know, getting outside your comfort zone and attending a class by yourself rather than relying on somebody to go with you. Um, it, you know, finding different things on social that maybe are uh, things you can incorporate or different digital things that you can kind of be involved in. I mean, there's so many things. I think um, sometimes people just get stuck with, I'm not inspired. End of story. Where it's like, okay, well, take the action. What's the next step? Be proactive at it. What what can you be doing differently to help re-inspire and re-engage yourself? And I think sometimes it's, it is that playfulness or maybe that vacation that you have been putting aside for years that you haven't taken, or maybe it's that walk in the sunshine and just closing your eyes for a minute to have a moment of meditation that you need. You know, there's just so many different things. I think it's just realizing that you can take action and be proactive. Love that. And so much of life, when I think about it, and career goes back to the, the cliche of the 80-20 rule. And I think for most of us, like 80% of what the majority of us do every day in our career is whether it's whether we're new to it or whether we're doing it for a long time, 80% of it is just that's the work we got to do. And it's not always that exciting. We get used to it, we get bored with it, maybe perhaps a little bit, but maybe it's at the core of what we do. The 20%, that to me is what keeps the 80% worth doing, you know, going out and getting taking classes, doing education working at a company or working within an organization where I can do those video shoots that you mentioned or have all access to all that other stuff. I, I don't think we focus enough on the 20% in so many parts of our lives and our careers. I agree with you and please make no mistake about it. What I'm saying does not mean that I do it myself and I do it well. <laughs> <laughs> this is also a PSA to Alexis, like listen to what you're saying and do it yourself, you know, um, because we do get caught up sometimes and it's easy to kind of, just say, oh, I'm just too busy right now. But also, you know, just recently, it's like resetting that and just, it's like, it's not I'm too busy. It's reframing it of my day has gotten quite full. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And just that simple twist, it does change the mindset. It's my day has gotten quite full. And it changes the idea of like, you know, maybe something I had set out to plan to do that day. I'm not able to do that day, but I can do it another day kind of a thing. No, I think I think it's really, really important. And and when we're crazy, crazy busy, which you know can become a bad habit for some of us. But I think again, if we have that mindset of saying, well, maybe I can't undo the busy at the moment, 
but you know, there's 24 hours in a day, you know, so if you, if you need to carve out a couple of hours from time to time to just go refresh your mind, go, go out in the sunshine, as you mentioned, do the extra work and take that class because it might be the game changing moment in your brain that allows you to keep doing what matters, which is the work, you know, that allows us to have a living. Absolutely. But I would even say like on a small scale, send a message to somebody, send a positive message. It's like, if you just have one minute, send a message, say, Hey, I'm thinking about you. I just wanted you to know that I think you're awesome. And I would love to get together for coffee. Love or that. Whatever. But just when you make a, give a compliment or like, are like, instead of thinking about yourself, you think about somebody else and doing something positive for them. It actually does help to change that mindset and make you feel less overwhelmed because you're doing something for someone else and it takes the the ego off of what you're doing and the stress that you have and and allows you to you know put something positive on someone else that is a really powerful mindset shift that i love and i haven't heard it framed that way so i'm, I'm gonna for my new year i'm gonna i'm gonna work on that one thank you Alexis. <laughs> i like that but you know i i can't you know um not ask this question because i i am with the co-founder of danger jones so let's talk for a moment about what's happening with hair color in our larger industry any anything coming up this next year or the years ahead that you think will be good for people to hear about oh my goodness we have so much coming ahead gordon it's like where do i even start um, but yes, we have so much coming ahead. You know, we just, we launched our 21 semi-permanent colors. We also launched our lightener and developers, our color remover. Next up is our gloss toners, uh, our, our no lift gloss toners, which I'm extremely excited about. It has a bonding complex in them as well. Um, we have a lot more hair color opportunities and things that we're doing in that aspect as well, um, as trade shows and different events. Um, uh, that we're doing, we're taking, we're going down to Mexico um, with a hundred stylists for a big um, uh, retreat that is not so much focused on education. It's more about your own personal journey and you that can be brought there and a way to connect with stylists. Um, so we're very excited about that. That's coming up. And this is something that's open to everybody. We, uh, you know, announced it and it was just kind of a first come first serve. And it Really, um, we were shocked and pleasantly surprised at how many people were excited to come and so many faces that we maybe don't know very well right now, but we will pretty soon. So we're excited mm -hmm. about that. Very cool. In the fashion aspect that, um, you know, we have, you mentioned our, our t-shirts that we've done. And um, I think sometimes people misconstrue the idea of like merch versus fashion. And we kind of blended the two. And so I think. Um, with the fashion that we've done, we're actually going to be coming out with some limited edition um, fashion items and, and shirts that we're going to be doing. Um, we have a crop top that with uh, uh, the masquerade uh, artwork uh, inspiration on there, which I'm, I'm thrilled about. I'm working on that right now. We also just launched a hoodie blazer. And um, it's a hoodie blazer. Yes, it's what? so comfortable. <laughs> And um, it's something that's so unique. It's it kind of has that casual um, edge, but also that you're put together. Uh, you know, it's kind of a nice balance. Um, and uh, we have, you know, that has been really successful and and exciting. It's a way of dressing up those graphic tees. Um, so we have a lot we're, we're planning and also international. We have a lot of things international as well. We're going to be doing, 
not only education and events here on North America soil, but also in Europe and in Australia. We were we were just in Australia where we did a tour and we're going to be going back in June. And in Europe, we're going to be doing a big educational tour, a Danger Jones tour all around Europe in April. Mm. Wow. So we have a lot of opportunities and, and amazing things that we're very excited about. I love it. I love it. And you guys are fast tracking, which it, it really excites me because, you know, I, I, there's no doubt that this thing is going to be moving in really exciting and interesting ways. And I, I, I think a lot of folks are going to be watching you all, uh, especially from the corporate suites yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to see what yeah. you guys who are, are, are a game changing team of what you're bringing to Danger Jones. So, uh, yeah, again. I mean, it's it's pretty exciting. You know, here we're we're closing out 2023 and we're in 16 countries, which wow. is insane because as I mentioned, we're only about nine months old. And in 2024, we are launching in, you know, several more countries, South Africa, you know, in Asia. And, you know, it, it's, it's really incredible, um, the growth and the trajectory that we have. And, you know, it's really been a rocket ship. And we um, have been so fortunate to be able to launch inside of Cosmoprof. I don't know of any other professional color brand that has done that in the history of the beauty industry. And um, it's it's really helped to uh, set set everything in motion. Um, and we're really, really grateful for that. Well, and it's all a testament to many, many years of, of creating successful, you know, endeavors, you know, from the salon to the suites that you mentioned, the butterfly circus, which really changed the education game in the industry as social was emerging. And you guys did it in a way nobody else did. And then, of course, Paul Bryant. And, and now, you know, a new rocket ship, Danger Jones. So congrats. Tell people, tell people where to find Danger Jones o online, on social, anywhere and everywhere. Yes, Danger Jones is everywhere. Our website, dangerjonescreative.com, on Instagram, the same. We're also we also have other countries um, that you can follow as well with Danger Jones. Um, other countries, you'll see those pop up if you go on social. And be sure to join our Facebook group, which is Danger Jones Asylum. We're also on TikTok. We've got a huge following on TikTok, and we're continually growing that as well. Um, my own personal, I, you can find me at Alexis Thurston on Instagram. I'm also on TikTok and I'm, you know, I'm sadly not as active on there as I should be, but that's a new resolution for 2024. Um, and then also Butterfly Loft Salon, you can follow us also um, on Instagram as well. And on Instagram and all the other platforms, I, I see on Instagram is Danger Jones Creative, if people want yes, to find Danger, it. Danger Jones Creative. That's also our website and Instagram. Perfect, perfect, perfect. Everybody follow. You're going to find some great stuff, some great inspiration. And, you know, again, I uh, can't recommend Danger Jones enough to everybody. So very, very big thanks to the co-founder of Danger Jones, Alexis Thurston. Thank you so much for being here today, Alexis. It's, it's been fun. I, I want to do it again soon. I think we have a lot more to talk about. I think we have plenty more to talk about because our history, we've known each other for so long and you've always been a fantastic supporter of not only David and I individually, but at any anything that we've done. And as we support you and all of your journeys and thank you so much for this opportunity. Let's do it again. Oh, thank you, Alexis. And so to the audience, if you like what you heard today, I encourage you to not only follow Alexis Thurston and Danger Jones, but I encourage you to leave a rating or review for this podcast, hit the subscribe button, and best yet, you know, um, share it with a colleague, pay it forward and help others to find the podcast. Um, be sure to follow us at Beautycast Network on Instagram, at Beautycast on Facebook and beautycastnetwork.com. 
This has been the Mastering Beauty Podcast, and be sure to tune in every Sunday for new episodes. I'm Gordon Miller, your host, and I can't wait to share more with you again next time.